You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 99. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Episode 99. I got 99 problems, but my podcast ain't one. What? <laughs> 99 problems, but drinking ain't one. 99 problems, but drug use ain't one. Uh, episode 99, you know, I'm coming up on the 100th episode. It is a new year. It is time to make new asses, new yous, new everything, right? It's, it's an opportunity to just wipe the slate clean. That's the going idea around New Year's, right? Like people, it's like, okay, 2020 is over, 2021. It's this myth in society that because this new year switches over that everything sort of gets to start over. And that's that's a cool mindset. And it's definitely not one I'm going to sit here and balk against. That being said, it's really just four days past five days ago. <laughs> You can literally decide to make massive change in your life anytime you want. There is something to be said for it being the first of a month or the first of a year in order for us to have that kind of anniversary date. But I can assure you, January 13th and the number 13 holds a significant regard in my life because that was the, that was the day I got sober. And so every month on the 13th, you know, not as much as in my first year or two, but I, I make sure I make a point to just reflect upon the fact that I get to live this extraordinary life sober and of a clear mind. And so one of the reasons that I was almost hesitant to launch my program on February 1st is because I was like, oh man, I'm missing out on the whole New Year's and and you know, I got this whole baton idea. And if you've been listening to my shows lately, then you know, you definitely have heard the baton theory I have where from December 1st to February 1st, it is the transition from one year to the next. And really this is just a beautiful opportunity for you to have, to buffer away some of that stress you might feel around setting new year's resolutions or how everything's supposed to take on a massively whole new level of thinking and and processes right on January 1st because Frankly, that's it's way too much for us to try to throw upon ourselves. And two, like I said before about January 13th, that was supposed to be February 4th or 5th. It was supposed to be my sobriety date, the day after the Super Bowl in which the Patriots played the Falcons because I wanted to get super drunk one more time for a Super Bowl. Ultimately, my body chose differently, therefore my mind got on board, and I'll never you know, forget um, Dale and Paul and Ron for sitting there at that table with me at the Magic Castle here in Hollywood, just supporting the hell out of me as I sat there watching, you know, to me, the Super Bowl is my favorite holiday of the year. And so to not be able to drink for that was, was extremely, it was tough. Um, luckily my body was going through massive amounts of withdrawals and, and detoxing. So it was tough enough to eat, let alone even con, you know, consume alcohol. I'd give you that little sidebar of a story because, look, any day you decide you're going to want to make a massive change, that day will hold importance to you. A first date with someone who you just got hooked up with via Tinder or a friend, it's just another day 
just another date until that person becomes the love of your life. And now all of a sudden, the 19th of every month becomes important or the 25th. It doesn't matter. The date begins to hold regard in your life the longer you continue along with the activity that started on whatever date that was. So then I thought, okay, one, I talked to Danny C. Muniz, my astrologist. She was on the show last year. You'll check her out in the archives if you're into astrology and you want to see how it, how it actually can affect your emotions and how you can really use it as an asset in your recovery. Go back and check out Danny C. Muniz's episode. Well, she's a business partner of mine. And so she said, look, you got to start pushing the marketing of it February or January 13th, which is your sobriety date. So you'll love that. And she has some star- astrological reasons for that. And she's like, in February 1st is the day you should launch it. I was like, well, my goodness, that's the day that 2021 actually starts. So the human brain, we are meaning-making machines. And if you want to learn a little bit more about meaning-making machines, I did an Instagram Live about that. Go over and check out my IGTV channel or my profile and look for the meaning-making machines one. And... In that, I talk about how humans are meaning-making machines, and we will attach meaning to anything at any point in time because our brains are constantly looking for connections. We are connecting machines, too. We don't just seek connections with other humans. We seek connections within everything that exists around us. It's just the way that we sort of organize the chaos that is life. So it's within this connection mechanism that naturally occurs within us that we start to notice patterns that we start to attach certain meanings to certain dates and, and to certain people's names. Um, you can, if you ever dated somebody, let's say, named Bob, and they were a horrible partner, or Janet, and you were like, that's it, never dating another Bob or Janet for the rest of my life. Because we attached a meaning from this one person to this name that now begins to stretch out, you know, ad infinitum. And now, whether that's illogical or not, of course... It's not. There could be other Bob and Janets out there that are super dope and awesome, but we've attached this meaning. When I discuss NLP, what NLP does is it allows you to understand why you've attached meaning to things and then alter the way that you think about those. Often it will be in a way that will be obvious in how it benefits you. And then other times it's sort of like a slow drip where you realize that you've made a change in your thinking, but you don't really see the benefits till later. Either way, you still change the way that you think. So when we discuss these connections that, we're, that we attach to dates or to people or to memories that we have, the beauty of it is, is that we can decide that it's important whenever we want to decide that it's important. It doesn't have to be January 1st, doesn't have to be January 13th, February 1st, whatever your sobriety date might be, the, the fact that my program's starting on February 1st, it be whatever it bees. You attach meaning based on your own opinions, beliefs, values, memories, experiences. This is how you are organizing all of this vast array of information into your brain. It, because it has to be organized in some way or another. If I think I did the delete, distort, generalize episode for my college success habits. I don't think I brought it over to you guys because, honestly, it was like super convoluted. It was not, let me go back and look. No, no, it was supposed to be somewhere in the 90s. It got bumped because, honestly, I I, just, I explained it to the college success habits world, and I've not gotten any feedback on it. 
Um, if you are interested in, in going back and checking that out. It, it was supposed to be 94 for you guys, but instead I did. I'm not sure what I talked about is what I put in my notes. <laughs> in my show notes for that, for episode 94, I just wrote, I am not sure what I talked about for you guys. So without going back and checking that out, I'm not sure. But for episode 77, College Success Habits, I talked about how we delete, we distort, and we generalize. Uh, not only within our own language patterns, like how we talk and how we feel and how we see things, but also in how our brain takes in information and how it's filtered. And so what you have the opportunity to do now in this new year is begin to really start to take drastic steps towards your mindset shifts. There is going to be an overwhelming importance that I put upon mindset this year because one, I'm going into my fifth year and two, um, everything I talk about is about mindset and it's not necessarily something that I pinpoint out and say, okay guys, this is what we're doing right now. We're changing this aspect of our mindset. I'm going to be more aware of when I'm doing that and I'm going to be calling it out more often because as I build this program and you should see my home office right now, and I think I'll shoot an Instagram live later um, about something. I'm not sure yet. I've got paper all over my walls, and I've got all these post-it notes that I'm putting down for different topics. Uh, I've got topics like yes and versus no but, energy exchange, response versus reaction, proactive versus reactive, growth versus fixed mindset, grateful versus thankful. And these are all you know, definitely terms you've heard and many of them have actually been topics for the podcast. Where we are going to dive in deeper to them within the coaching program is we're really going to start to understand why we have certain feelings or certain thoughts around these words, how we're reacting. And we're going to really get into the nitty gritty of how to go inside of our own minds and begin to form the uh, new ways of thinking that will benefit us in a much better way than how we have been thinking, right? Like I've had many people say, well, okay, this program sounds great. How will it be different than the podcast? It's that the podcast is pretty much passive unless you are, and I have gotten messages from people who say that they listen to it in groups, but for the most part, you're listening to it on your own. You know, you do with it, whatever you do, maybe you bring it up to other people and discuss it. But if they haven't actually heard it, then they're just getting secondhand from you about what I said. The program is going to be group-based, and there's also going to be video modules that you'll have access to um, online, along with audio modules and PDFs and and the whole thing. It's going to be pretty extravagant. (laughs) It sounds like a lot of work. But when I when I think about it, but it's really not as I've begun to lay it out. Um, but anyways, let me get back to my point. When we start to talk about mindset, right, it is just one of three criteria that make up success. All right, success equals mindset plus understanding plus strategy. Now, this was originally introduced to me by my 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 by my life coach. Mike Begala, great man, just done fantastic things for me, my mindset, my understanding, my strategies, my career. You know, inadvertently, he's done amazing things for my sobriety and a recovery, even though that's not what I brought him on board to do. 
when he and I discuss how to effectively coach and how to effectively do my presentations and just how to be the most effective, we put a lot of emphasis on mindset because oftentimes it is the aspect of one's life, let alone addiction recovery, that is sort of just pushed off to the side. It's just assumed that it's okay because our our rationalization, the rationalizing mind that we have will tend to look for confirmation bias that what, where it will confirm the biases we have about ourselves. And so the, rational, the rationally thinking mind that we each have will look for confirmation biases within ourselves that will promote the things that we're good at and will delete or distort or generalize the things that we're not so good at. Now, we delete, distort, generalize everywhere, every single day, all the time. But specifically, I want to reference delete, distort, generalize when we start talking about the things that we're not so good at. It's much easier for us to focus upon the things that we are good at. When I'll meet some people and they'll be like, yeah, I'm good, man. I don't, I don't need anything that you have to offer. My first response is, well, great. <laughs> then why are you at my workshop? <laughs> that's you. generally my first, okay, that's awesome, man. Way to go. You go rock it then. Right? With a little bit more digging, it's often very easy to discover areas in their life where they know they're not happy. But they're less they're less likely or wanting to admit it because that then it shows some sort of um lack or scarcity that they have inside themselves. Right? We we put a lot of effort into making areas that we're already good and strong at better. We put very little effort. Oftentimes, this isn't this is not some sort of broad sweeping generalization that can be made. But humans in general will work more effectively and more and put more energy into things they're already good at, and they'll put less energy towards the things that they're not so good at because we want to feel good about ourselves. We want to have positive self esteem, right? Self esteem, self regard. I'll get into that in a little bit. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on that, even though I already have in my notes. Um, the mindset that we'll use, let's say that we're, we're good at cooking dinner for our partner, right? But we're not so good at having intimate conversations with them. We'll put a ton of effort into the cooking, but maybe a, less into the intimate conversations, even though the intimate conversations will do just as much good, if not more, as the awesome meals and bringing each other closer. But we're good at the meal cooking, not so good at the intimate talking. So we'll just continue to favor the cooking over the talking. You might do this with your kid. You might both enjoy talking about football, but maybe not so much grades. So you'll always refer back to talking about football rather than the grades or any kind of emotional strife that your child might be going through. My father and I have done this for years. We'll talk generally about things that are superficial and we'll so rarely get into the things that are deeper because we're not used to having those conversations. So we'll stay where it's comfortable without diving into that uncomfortability. As you both, as you all know, both, as if there was only me and you in this room, as you all know, we are seeking to be uncomfortably 
comfortable. Or is it, no, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're seeking to get out of our uncomfortably comfortable world and step into our comfortably uncomfortable world. So in this year, start getting comfortable in your uncomfortability around mindset issues you have around certain areas in your life. When I go to coach, the way I used to do it two years ago or even a year ago, hell, there's an instance I have three months ago where I spent an inordinate amount of time working with one of my clients who's he's also a friend and he's actually he volunteered. He asked me for some help and in the process of him asking me for help, I asked him for help back to be my guinea pig on trying out a bunch of new stuff that I, I just keep inventing. And so I had invented this new NLP process that does things differently than I have been taught by three different people. I just wanted to try it differently, and it actually worked very effectively. And it was all around mindset, and it was around being able to anchor in a certain emotional state that he could draw upon any time he wanted it, and he chose unstoppability. Now, setting an emotional anchor in someone is is an NLP process that we're all taught. It's one of the you know it's done in the practitioner's level. It's it's very early on. We teach ourselves how to anchor an emotional state into um, ourselves or a client. Now, it took us months of working together before I got him to the point where we did this process, this NLP process on him. What I did previously up until this day, up until that day where we did the where we worked on his mindset was I put a ton of focus on strategy. Strategy and understanding. Where this is often a, f- a-, a fail on all of our parts when we go to make changes within ourselves is that we are looking for more strategy and more understanding. And we have a strategy and understanding coming out of our ass. What we're not working on is the mindset portion. Strategy Every single time you buy a self-help book, that thing is like 80% strategy and understanding. If it does look to work on mindset, it will just talk about mindset, but it it does it and it frames it in in the same way that it has framed the understanding and the strategy sections of the book. Therefore, it's taken in by the human brain the same way the strategy and understanding stuff was. More is information and less as an application to apply to one's life to make the change that you seek. You are looking for application of what you're reading, of what you're learning about, right? You have to apply it to your life to actually see the benefits. You can go to Costco and there can be somebody there doing a magic bullet, one of those blender, you know, setups and they're, look at this, I'll throw in, I throw in all the fruit and I throw in some OJ and look, you have a delicious smoothie and now you can lose the weight you've always wanted to lose. Awesome. I've always wanted to make my own mango, strawberry, blueberry smoothies with orange sherbet. I must own this today. Here's $200. Please give me this amazing blender. And you go home. And you put the blender up on the counter. It's inside the box. And you look at it. And you're like, there it is. I own the blender now. I should start losing weight any day now. Because now I can make amazing smoothies. And you walk away. And the blender sits in the box. A week later, blender's still in the box. Two weeks later, blender's still in the box. Now you've gained a couple pounds. And you think, man, I bought this amazing blender. I thought I was supposed to be losing weight. I thought I was supposed to be having delicious smoothies. <gasps> oh. 
I was supposed to open it and use it and then drink the smoothies. And then over the course of a few weeks, once my body adjusted to the new nutrition, it would begin to make the changes that I've been desiring. <gasps> hmm. So you got to open the box, i.e. turn on the podcast or open the book. You got to read the information, i.e. taking the, 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 the blender out of the box. But if you just set the blender on the cabinet, it doesn't just magically change your life. You can read the instruction manual, still no magically changing of life. You can listen to my podcast from here until your face turns blue. I'm coming up on episode 100. If each one of these episodes was 30 minutes, and we know they go longer than that, we're looking at 3,000 minutes plus that you've had an opportunity to listen to me. Now, I know for a fact that many of you have, be- have begun to take massive change and, and begun to make massive change and create a-, a brilliant life because you send me so many messages. That's amazing. I want to ramp that up. I want that to go higher. I want us to take where we're succeeding in areas of our lives and then go find those areas where we're not succeeding, where it's in the shadows, and let's draw the light upon them and let's make them just as good. People who say that you can't have an amazingly fabulous life in every single aspect, I mean, that's just bullshit. I mean, the more you raise the bar on one area, eventually everything gets raised. And so you might look around one day and go, man, you know, I just don't just don't feel like this is all that great. I mean, this is pretty dope. But, I mean, is it, is it really that great? And then let's go back and look at where you were a year ago. <laughs> When you were 20 pounds overweight and you're still snorting cocaine and you're still drinking too much, you're eating donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you were ignoring your family and your car was about ready to get repossessed and your boss was ready to fire you and you were four months late on every one of your credit card bills and now you're flash forward to today and all that stuff has been basically repaired and you're, you're in good standing with every area of your life. Now the bar has been raised, so we may not realize where we had started from. That's where reflection comes in, correct? But... The point being is that the more you raise every area of your life, right? A rising tide raises all boats. You don't realize how low those boats were because all the boats are just higher now with you. So when we're working on mindset, we want to be looking at the areas of our lives that aren't where we would like them to be and start putting attention toward that. Doesn't mean ignoring the areas that are doing great, just realizing that we've 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 ritualized and habituated and root and put into routine many areas of our life, so some of those things can just go on cruise control. And as long as we keep going along with what we've been doing, we can put a little bit more attention over to somewhere else. We don't ever ignore an area of our life, right? If you've been if you've been losing weight because you work out five days a week for thirty minutes, you don't say, okay, well now I want to focus on. Uh, cleaning my garage, and then you just quit working out, you just make time for cleaning the garage as well, knowing that your body is already habituated to working out five days a week for 30 minutes, so you'll find a spot for that in your schedule. Hopefully you're like me, and you schedule a time to go do it. So when we think about mindset, one of the reasons I really want to harp a lot on this is because I know I've spent a lot of time in the podcast talking about Strategy and understanding. Because it's really what these things can do. Now, I'm coming up with some meditations that I'll I'll be uh, sending out to the world 
uh, over the course of the next month. I'm putting those together, and those will help with mindset. Mindset is a tough thing to work on in a passive environment like a podcast. At least that's my belief system I'm going with now. It could drastically change over the next month as I really start to lay out the foundation for this program. But in my experience, how I've best helped people with mindset is either in a group setting or a one-on-one setting where I actually can have interaction. And it's not just me talking into a headset, pacing back and forth in my office. So that's where the program shows up. If you've enjoyed the strategy and the understanding, but you're still, still seeing areas in your life where it's not clicking, then this is a program for you. There will be areas of your life that are doing very well. And we should celebrate those areas because it's amazing how far we've all come in our collective journeys. I'm the guy who sits here and says, great, you're throwing a perfect spiral. Now be able to do that with a linebacker at your feet. Great, you are doing this one area awesome, but clearly you, you're, you're, you've got some sort of emotional strife going on over here about this area. And if you're thinking about it, if it's taking up mental energy, then you're, you're expending energy on something if you are thinking about it. So if you think, well, you just can, you could just keep pushing it to the back of your brain, it's still using energy. It's like a program on your computer you've, min- you've minimized. Just because you minimize it doesn't mean that it's still not taking up your CPU, CPU energy. It's still taking up that random access memory. So just because you minimize and push away a problem area in your life does not mean that it's not still burning through energy. Let's harness the energy toward the repairment of that area rather than the ignorement of that area. When we dive into mindset, which is just according to the internet definition thing I like to type into, it is the established set of attitudes held by someone. Right? I put in here your opinions, beliefs, and values that guide your life. It is your mindset. It's, and this is where growth and fix comes in. You can have a growth mindset about your nutrition and health, that no matter what you do, you'll always be healthy. And if you eat right, you'll, you'll gain muscle and you'll lose fat and you'll be happy with your body. But you can have a fixed mindset and how you communicate in your relationships. Oh, I don't want to be too open. I don't want to be too honest. I'll get hurt. That's a fixed mindset. right? If that happens with one person, does that mean that's going to happen with everybody? 350 million people in this country, 7 billion on this planet. If one person spurred your affection, does that mean they all will? No, that's asinine. You know that's ridiculous. Say that out loud. Because one person rejected me, that means the whole rest of the world will reject me. You know that sounds stupid. Come on. In NLP, we call that a complex equivalent. If this, then that. If one person rejects me, then it means everyone will reject me. They call it a complex equivalent. We know that's ridiculous. We know it is. Just statistical average alone said there will at least be one person on this planet who won't. Now, does that mean you've got to go to, you know, Bali or Tahiti or Timbuktu to find them? (laughs) No, you probably can find them in a meeting 20 minutes away from your house. When we think about understanding, it's, it's, it's how we perceive 
the intended meaning of words, language, or a speaker, right? How we interpret or view something in a particular way. Boom. You like that? That was totally a definition off the internet. I would never say understand. To me, understanding is just how I comprehend something that's happening in front of me, something that I'm experiencing. Now, comprehend probably needs its own definition search. I don't know what that definition of comprehend is. It's just, do you get it? If you get it, it's understanding. If you don't get it, it's non understanding. <laughs> Let's just use tinier words. Okay, and then we think about strategy. It's a plan of action or policy designed to achieve a major or overall aim. This is where, look, even in my own self, I, I find that what I, I consistently search for in areas to improve my health or my physical fitness or my business, or any area of my life, all the things that pop up on Instagram, all the Facebook ads, all the things that you Google, it's just more strategy. Everything is strategy. It'll get you to understand your problem. Right, see it in a different way, which is a good change of mindset. So there, there is some mindset and some strategy in the understanding portion of the success model I've just introduced to you. Remember, success equals mindset plus understanding plus strategy. But it's in that mindset. It's getting us to really start to move into how we can be growth mindset oriented rather than fixed mindset oriented. In my book, College Success Habits, you can get on Amazon, shameless plug, the reason principle number one is develop a growth mindset is because you develop a growth mindset. You don't just always have a growth mindset. When I chose the words that went in front of each one of the power principles, they were specifically for a reason. Develop a growth mindset, meaning that it's growing, right? You're constantly looking to develop it more. It's not stagnant. It's not fixed. It is constantly in an evolution, right? Cultivating courage means that we're looking to grow the courage. We're looking to nurture the courage. You cultivate land. We're looking to cultivate it and grow it within ourselves. Be decisive, right? Decisive means I can make a decision and I can stand by it and I don't second guess it. So the word be in front of it is very strong. It's very powerful, says, I will be this. I will stand strong in this. Right? There's a reason be and decisive were paired together. I spent hours going over different, different pairings for my principal words. Take action. Right? Because you take it. You do it. It's time to get done. It's a very action-oriented word. Take. It's not passive. It's active. Embrace discipline. Embrace discipline. Discipline is something that you have to have in your life in order to achieve anything of merit. Anything. If it takes two simple steps to open a jar, pick up jar, turn jar lid, right? There's not a whole lot of of discipline it takes to open a jar. But if you think about what it took to get that jar in your house, Right, You had to get a job, you had to have a car, you had to have transportation, you had to show up to work on time, you had to do a good job, had to get paid, had to save money, had to open a bank account, had to put that money in the bank, had to make sure that you had a, a debit card or a credit card in an ATM, and then you had to have the wherewithal to go to the store, look for the jar, buy the jar, bring the jar into the house, then open it. There's a lot of fucking steps that go into opening up that pickle jar for the sandwich. It's not just like the jar magically appeared. It was discipline that got that jar into your house. 
do you see that? Like, are you looking around at the things that you have created in your life and noticing where you've had to put effort and discipline in order to achieve those things? Or are you just passively thinking pickles just will exist for all time? This might seem like a ridiculous kind of uh, analogy, a comparison to be bringing up, but it's like that's, that's what I like to do with myself. That's the kind of appreciation and gratitude I like to pay to the things around me. I'm holding right now a can of soda water. It's mango flavored. Let me take a drink. Mm. Mm. God, the bubbles. Uh, I wash it and I spread it all over my tongue and it's like these little tiny, awesome little little happy pinpricks on my tongue. It's like little bubbles. The gratitude I have for that soda water is immense. And I understand when I look at that can, the amount of steps I had to follow in order to make that a reality in my life. That is why we embrace discipline. Right? You, want to, you want to bring it in close. You want to hold on to it. You want to love it. It's like you embrace it. You're like, I love being disciplined. It's like when you embrace your family members. It's like, I love them. You embrace discipline. You make it a part of your life. It is, to me, how so much of everything that we forget sometimes around our mindset is based upon that discipline. Embracing discipline. And we exercise flexibility. That's, that's, number, that's number six. That's principle number six. Exercising flexibility. I like exercise and flexibility together because that's generally how I see flexibility being a part of an exercise routine. Right? Where it's something that you want to be doing every day. You want to be, you want to be working on it. You want to be keeping, the, keeping that muscle warm in your body. You want to be exercising your flexibility. Right? You, don't want to let, you don't just want to stand still and get rigid. I cannot touch my toes. I didn't realize at 12 years old when I could that I should have been continuously stretching and touching my toes. <laughs> It'd be pretty cool to do some of these yoga moves and not feel like my hamstrings were going to explode out the back of my leg. So in our own lives, when we exercise flexibility, we get better at it. Whenever we have a plan and it doesn't go the way that we thought it would, right? Because that's how it always works. Planning is pri- plans. Plans are price. Planning is priceless, but plans are worthless. No matter how great the plan is, it will at some point slip up. It will have it will have a bump in the road. You will have to be flexible. It's just the way it is. No plan ever goes exactly the way that it was laid out. Muhammad Ali once said, "You know, uh, you know, uh, all game plans are good and all until someone punches you in the face." Life punches us in the face. We have to be ready to be flexible, to go with the flow, to still to get around, to get around this this roadblock or go over the detour or whatever, go over the hurdle, however you would like to envision it, and ultimately get to the destination that we had decided was our outcome. And then principle number seven, embody tenaciousness. Right? You want to be tenacious. You want to have tenacity. You want to show up as the best version of yourself at all times. You want that to be something that you've embodied. That just becomes like this, it just oozes out of you. Like you see some people, they just seem like they're so confident in their own abilities. They're confident in themselves. Not in an egotistical, egocentric way where they think that they're God's green, God's gift to the planet. But where they just realize that they have 
developed that growth mindset in such a way that they know that they can figure it out no matter what. You've seen this in people. You can have this too. Now, because the timing gods love to apparently bring a leaf blower out my window, (laughs) 11.30, hopefully that doesn't go anywhere and you don't hear the leaf blower, uh, according to my my little auto-tuner thingy here. Yeah, it's not picking it up, so hopefully the microphone's good enough. I will continue to do the podcast with a leaf blower in the background, though. Um, And so why did I go over my seven powerful principles again? Because it starts off with developing a growth mindset. Where in your life are you ready to make massive change? Where are you ready to start investing in yourself in a way that you never have before? Or maybe you have, but now you're ready to turn it up a notch. If you want something that you've never had, you have to do things that you've never done. I will be talking a lot about this program. And, and the amount of programs and the amount of things that I'm going to create this year is, is, is going to, it, it will be relentless. Because I've got all this stuff in my head. Even today, um, oh, let, me, let me finish that thought. I have so much stuff in my head, I have to get it out. I have to get it out so that I can create new space for new stuff. <laughs> I just love learning. So today I open up Blinkist. I'm looking for something to do on my phone besides looking at how Bitcoin's crushing it or besides looking at my fantasy football, which I lost yesterday, or besides looking at Instagram, which after a while just becomes like super passive and almost a waste of time, right? Like we all know at some point you got to put the damn social media down. So I started looking for something else on my phone to do. And I thought, oh, Blinkist, this is great. It's these people, it's this, this, this app, it takes... These podcast it takes books and it condenses them down into like 15 minutes. So you don't have to necessarily go out and read the whole book. And it's actually pretty effective. It's how I got turned on to Atomic Habits. I listened to the Blinkist and then I went out and got the audiobook. And then I think I even found like a, a condensed version of the audiobook. And I ended up listening to all three. And I'll tell you this much. After having listened to the 15-minute version of Atomic Habits, the one-and-a-half-hour version of Atomic Habits, and then the whole full-length book of Atomic Habits, the two short versions did a pretty damn good job. All the all that you miss out on these shortened versions is all the examples of people or the studies, which I don't... It's like, look, I get it. You wrote a book. I, I've read so many books. After a while, I'm like, you know what? You did not write this book. It did not become a New York Times bestseller because you didn't do your research. So I have faith. I don't need to hear 57 examples. So sometimes I just like to read the shortened versions or listen to the shortened versions. And so you can do this with an app called Blinkist. And so I'm listening to a Blinkist right now, a book. It's called transcend by scott barry kaufman now the whole book is supposed to take about 15 minutes to go through it's already taken me a little bit longer because i like to take notes like (laughs) there's going to be a test and so originally this podcast was going to discuss dilt's pyramid um, things like safety attachment styles and uh, self-esteem and things of that nature we're going to push all those topics to another episode even though i in a way i did cover some of those today but this really was more like going into it. I was like, it's about mindset. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring up self-esteem versus self-regard was so that we understood that having confidence in your own abilities and having self-respect is not the same as self-regard, how you regard yourself, because that's where people start using words like egocentric, egotistical, and narcissistic. Right? Self-regard 
in a way where you think you're better than other people is not the same as high self-esteem. If someone is walking around being like, I'm the best, you suck, that is not self-esteem. That is a high self-regard for themselves. And that sentence is egotistical. You going around saying, I am very good at blank is not egotistical because you're not comparing yourself to someone else. This is how I draw the comparison and the contrast in my head. Self-esteem is having confidence in my abilities without comparing them to somebody else's. The moment I start to compare my abilities with somebody else, now I'm discussing self-regard. Right now I'm putting a judgment on it. And because we are humans and we are meaning-making machines, we tend to judge just damn near effortlessly. We'll be looking to move past that as well. I still judge. I'm just more aware of the judgment now. And I can actually catch myself as the judgment is happening. And then can turn that external judgment of someone else's behavior, someone else's blah, blah, blah. I can turn that back onto myself and just ask myself, why am I feeling this way right now? Why am I talking to myself about this person or this action the way that I am inside my head right now? Or why am I talking about it this way with someone next to me? Why am I seeing what is happening around me the way that I am? And that's how we're going to close up this episode, is that as we move forward in life in general, let alone when you're listening to this podcast, something that was reintroduced to me that I had known before but forgotten I had learned, and now I'm happy to have it had it reintroduced. That sounds like a riddle or definitely a tongue twister. But as I'm going through all my old NLP books, as I'm going through all my old teachings, and I'm going back over some of my old programs, something that was reintroduced to me was the idea that we often think that the way we experience what's going on around us, right, is, it's either that it's wrong or that it's right. We look at things like, well, is that wrong or is that right? Am I wrong or am I right? I come back and I debate that what if it isn't wrong or right that we're looking for? But it's that understanding that's more important. Think about how you understand the things that are going on around you. Because if everything has to be right or wrong, then is that, I mean, think about it. There's a lot of energy that has to go into deciding if somebody's right or wrong. If you ask somebody, who'd you vote for? You're either looking for confirmation that you voted correctly or you're looking to argue with them about the way that they voted. We can either agree or we can disagree. That generally seems to be the two paths everybody thinks exist and only those two paths. You either agree with me or you disagree with me. We're going to start elevating ourselves we have been already if you're 99 episodes in, but we're going to continue up this journey. And you're, it's like if we've been climbing a mountain and it was like a 7% gradient, sometimes it's 5%. We're going to be looking to get into like that 10, 12% gradient moving forward. Not every episode. I'm not going to be trying to melt your brains every time you hit play. But certainly there are going to be times within each show where we're going to start elevating ourselves up a higher gradient. And this is one of those times. It is not just two pathways to either agree or disagree. There is a third pathway that is 
absolutely the pathway that is least traveled. And like I think it was Robert Frost once said, I came upon a fork in the road and I took the path that was least traveled and it's made all the difference. This will make all the difference. It's not just do we agree or disagree. Let's start looking at it from can we seek to understand? Can we seek to understand? If I say that my favorite color is blue and you agree with me, that's great. There's no learning in that other than that you just learned that my favorite color is blue. If you seek to understand why my favorite color is blue, that is where you begin to take the journey into higher level thinking. Somebody's a Republican or a Democrat, whether you agree or disagree, it does not freaking matter. Seek to understand why they are a Republican or a Democrat. Where in their experiences, in their memories, did these opinions and beliefs and values begin to get anchored into who they are as a human? Seek to understand that, and there will be no time nor care about whether you agree or disagree. Because it is within that understanding that whole new avenues, all new pathways of experiencing this person in front of us begin to open. It is not just two approaches, agree or disagree. It is absolutely not. There is a third, and it is seeking to understand. You want to have amazing mindset shifts. You don't need 87 books on your shelf. You don't need 14,000 more memes on Instagram. You need to simply, when somebody says, I'm a Republican, or I'm a Democrat, be like, wow, that's fascinating. What are, some of the, what are some of the reasons why that particular political party means so much to you? Later on, I'll discuss why, with the word, why, why does that, why is, why are you Republican? You say it like that, man, that's, that's almost defensatory. Why are you a Democrat? No, I mean, it's almost making you feel like you want to fight somebody off. So be, be mindful of your tone. That's so, I'm so curious as to why that one political party speaks to you so much. Let's discuss that. That's the tone you have when you're curious. Why are you a Democrat? Why are you a Republican? That is not the tone you have when you really want to know something about somebody else. That's the kind of tone you have whenever you're ready to lash out at them if they say the wrong thing. So we'll focus on some tonality when you go to do this. I've got a whole other episode that's going to be about how using the word how or what over the word why is actually a much better way uh, of talking with someone whenever you know that they're, they're, they're bringing a presenting problem to you. But that's, a, that's, a, that's another episode. It's not necessary for now. My brain's just on fire, and, and we're at 47 minutes in. Here comes Betty the dog. Even he's like, dude, you got to hit stop on this thing already. So, <laughs> so mindset, okay? Success equals mindset plus understanding plus strategy. We're looking for elevated thinking, y'all. It's time. It's been time. You've already been participating in it. You're already on this journey with me. This program, it's not going to melt your bank account. I ain't got time to melt people's bank accounts. But there will be an investment on your part to make sure you're committed. Passive. 
that's for some people. Active, that's for other people. Neither way is good or bad. It's all about how things benefit you. There's no right or wrong here. I'm not looking to make you agree with me. I'm not looking for ways that you disagree with me. Some of you can send me all the messages you want about how I you know, should be mindful of this or mindful of that or inclusive of this or non-exclusive of that. And it's like I do it my best to be mindful of the words that come pouring out of my mouth. <laughs> but let's just assume that we're at 3,500 minutes into this podcast. And I am going to definitely say something at some point that's going to piss somebody off. You might as well get over it. Instead of seeking to agree or disagree with me, seek to understand what would have gotten me to say that. Actually, look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, why did what I say upset you? Why does anything anyone says upset you? If, if they say something that you wildly disagree with, and you're like, I can't believe that person likes blue. We all know red is the better color. Ah! Ask yourself why that infuriates you so much. What got you emotionally triggered to desire to react that way rather than respond emotionally grounded? I will say, across the board, with the exception of just a handful of people, most of you, when you have a disagreement with what I say, come at me very emotionally grounded, very impressed, because I've got some friends who run some podcasts, and they get some pretty nasty shit thrown their way. And I will say, across the board, this is a very (laughs) well-mannered tribe that I have formed. And I cannot even begin to, to express my appreciation enough. As we begin to move forward, many more topics like this will get brought about. I realize that sometimes I start to talk about something for five minutes, and I hope I've wrapped it up well enough before I move on to the next topic. Because like I did with episode 94, when I wrote into the show notes, <laughs> I have no idea what I talked about. <laughs> I just think that it's awesome that I put that in my show notes. Usually there's at least a couple sentences that will explain to myself what I covered. So if I ever want to go back over and recover something, I can discover it. But I am not sure what I talked about for episode 94. (laughs) Well, goodness. All right. So I've been taking screenshots of the podcast of the Spotify player and posting them on the, on my IG profile. So if there's a really amazing takeaway from this, please go over to um, Instagram, drop something in there. If you don't feel comfortable making your, your, your feelings or your thoughts on, on this episode public, then by all means go over to the DMS and drop me one in there. Uh, I would love to be able to come across that and read that. Some of you all have written some really great things and it's just, it's really great to get positive feedback. I can assure you that, uh, when you write me, I feel just as I feel just as much like a celebrity as you feel when I respond because uh, the positive things that you say and, and the the just my, my gratitude for being a part of your journey. It's just some of you, you, you not even some, every one of you who writes says something that's just so poignant and, and it, it touches me and, and I just get emotionally just I feel an energy it's it's like this vibration that goes through me whenever I read 
uh, your messages about your journeys and, and how I've been a part of it and, and how you've taken things from this show and applied them and you've seen how it makes massive change. And uh, I'd say let's continue that. And for those of you who want a more hands-on approach, who want to be more active in it, then I am going to be now creating a way to do that. And for those of you who just want to continue hitting play and listening and, and doing your thing and, and loving it on the side, that's awesome too. They're, everybody is welcome here. I do neither disagree or agree with any of it. I seek to understand only. <laughs> that is my new Zen Buddhist way because you know, four years ago, boy, I'll tell you what, you either agree with me or you disagree with me. <laughs> I didn't give a damn about understanding why. <laughs> oh man, I love life. I love I love I love doing things with this clear brain. It is really just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So um, please go over, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes if you haven't already. The algorithm's killing me. Um, if you go over there and you give me a review and you give me some stars, I'm telling you what, it makes it makes iTunes find me easier, which means that this podcast can be discovered by those who need it the most that much easier. For you Spotify listeners, thank you so much. Um, recently was added to iHeartRadio. Um, I think uh, some listen.fm Pandora's got me on there now. I'm officially pretty much everywhere, pretty much everywhere. So if there's an ability to subscribe, rate, or review, please do that. Go follow me on Instagram. Go check out my IGTV episodes. I've been putting a lot of uh, thought into those. Um, I did a really great one the other day when I opened up my college diploma and held it for the very first time in my hands in 13 years. So go check it. Go check that out. Um, if you would like to get a hold of me personally, please, you can DM me. There's also a link in my IG profile where you can actually uh, answer some questions and we can set up a clarity call if you are interested in jumping on board with this program. Uh, just off of what you've heard me talk about it so far, please go over there, fill out that form, and uh, I will get back with you as soon as I can. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy release and flow. And remember, every day is the best day of your life because you wake up sober. Much love. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.